As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way up to number 1 or down to number 1. Again, listing order so confusing on this show. But you know what's not confusing? Listener requests. Well, Are you sure about that? What's that? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah, I was going to say, wait serious? a minute, maybe not. Because sometimes uh, the requests are a little oddly worded. But I think this one is right up our alley. The top five toys we had as a child. Now, this would be 18 and under. We may have done a topic similar to this in the past. This is a recent one. And I would imagine that people, when they're requesting a top five, they've gone back to double check and make sure we haven't done it because sometimes I don't have time to go back yeah. and, and double check. That's what Carl is for. Well, he does it after the fact, right? Well, sure. Yeah. So this week, top five toys you had as a child. Uh, Matthew, why don't we start with you this week? All right. I think I'm almost certain we've done top five toys. Yes. But not necessarily child specific. And what this actually did for me was it made me think back to a time long, long ago. And Rodrigo might start singing a flock of seagulls, but no, earlier than that, you're going to have to start singing the Bay City Rollers Saturday night. S A D A Y night. Exactly. Because this dates all the way back to probably the year 1977 when I was all a six years old. And it was the greatest toy in the world. And not merely a tribute. In fact, it was such a toy that it actually caused a huge rift in my family because um, I went to purchase one at the local Duckwalls uh, drugstore. And at the same time, my aunt purchased one for my cousin for his birthday. And because I didn't want to share mine with him, I may have let him know that his mom had bought him one that was supposed to be his birthday gift. Oh, no. Yeah, I was a terrible douche. But you'll understand the awesome, and you'll understand why I was a terrible little douche when I tell you that the item in question, my number five, was the Evil Knievel Wind-Up oh, GT Stunt Cycle. I remember that. Yeah, it was awesome. And the thing about it, the thing that's really great about the Evil Knievel stunt cycle is it was one of those, um, the ideal toys, and you would put them on a little base, and you would wind it up, and then they would burst off of the base, and they would run across your driveway or your floor, and then they'd crash and fall apart. And generally, they'd last about two, three weeks, maybe. Um, but the thing that I remember most about this Evil Knievel was I loved it. I loved this Evil Knievel. It was really awesome. 
and then suddenly it disappeared. You couldn't buy Evil Knievels anymore because, and I, I think part of this may actually be one of those urban legends, but there was something that the real Evil Knievel did in real life, and it may have been a drunk driving issue where the Evil Knievel toys were no longer Evil Knievel, but they were Team America. And mm -hmm. so the Team America toys, which then begat the Team America comic, which one of the greatest superheroes, the greatest mutant superhero, certainly of all time, uh, the Marauder, was exactly the same toy rebranded by Ideal to get over the fact that their real-life uh, mascot guy had gotten into some sort of real-life trouble. But the thing that I loved about this toy was usually when you had like a motorized thing or a wind-up thing, it'd go like five feet and fall over. The Evil Knievel thing would just whoosh. It would run like 20, 30 feet. Then it would smash. And of course, you know, the forks would break or the wheels would pop off or whatever. But it was great. It was the greatest toy ever. And it was a toy that made me actually ruin my cousin's birthday. Um, I'm a better person now. Uh, mm. But in any case, for having, five, done that. for having done that, exactly. Uh, as as uh, they the Buddhist told Winter Steel after her motorcycle crash, your fork was bent. It is stronger now for having been corrected. And that's why the Evil Knievel stunt cycle is my number five. I wonder, Matthew, have you been to the Evil Knievel Museum there in the Topeka? I've been past it. I had breakfast in the restaurant upstairs from it not so long ago. But no, I've never actually been in the Evil Knievel Museum, except in as much as when I used to work for the local television station. We used to do the MDA telethon from there every year, but it was before the museum was complete. You can you can so get on a simulator and simulate simulator. one of Evil Knievel's jumps. Can I go over Snake River Canyon? No, I don't think you can do that because that was in a rocket. This is actually, they've got a motorcycle and you sit on it and then <laughs> the virtual reality thing in front of you gives you the simulation. It's got all his cars, motorcycles, pictures, all that stuff. Only $15, Matthew. It was, in fact, called the Sky Cycle. Uh, Rodrigo, yeah. uh, what do you have for your number five? Uh, my number five was a toy that I uh, really liked when I was little. When I was really little, uh -huh. um, I kind of wouldn't go anywhere without it. Um, and uh, it was a stuffed animal. It was like this like cloth. Uh, dragon kind of thing. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, it uh, it was like kind of a magenta color, um, and uh, I want to say it had like green accents, and it had like hard plastic eyes. Um, and I've I've kind of looked around for it, but I don't think they make it anymore. I want to. I, I remember being a kid and seeing it around places, and I, I it's not branded. It's not like part of a cartoon or anything else. I think it was just something that just happened to be in stores back in the uh, 80s. Oh. So um, at least did you give it an know. adorable name. I did give it an adorable name. It was named Draguki. Oh, right. Oh, that is so wonderful. Yeah. I just so. have an image of this little three or four year old dragging around a dragon. And because it's you, he's got a full beard. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah. uh that that dragon was uh the uh, had many operations because it was made of cloth and i wasn't like particularly rough with it but 
Uh, there yeah. was just kind of no good way of like getting a hold of it except by its neck and it's um it just had kind of like little floppy like fin arms so those would come apart as well so my mom and my grandma had to had to do a lot of stitching during its yeah. lifetime and then you know eventually it just kind of disappeared one day um uh, actually i might have uh we might have sold it to the U.S. Uh, just because you know yeah. there was only so much stuff we could bring, and plus right. you know the 15 day quarantine for any dragons that you bring into the country. Right, exactly. That exactly. was it. It's uh, it was the 80s, so uh, the 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 dragon flu was going. Yeah, around. the dragon flu was a big deal. Yeah. After Pete's after Pete's dragon, they just weren't weren't feeling safe to to let anything else in. Yeah, that was rough. Have you guys ever heard of a thing called the crazy can? So crazy can is something is that's is something that you can you can make yourself. Basically, you take a, a big coffee can and you've got rubber bands and weights and everything. And what happens is you roll the can away from you and it kind of winds up the rubber bands on the inside. And then when it gets uh-huh. wound up enough, it slows and stops. And then as it unwinds, the can rolls back to you. Right. Uh, you can go online and you can look it up. Crazy can. I had a toy similar to this when I was like two or three. And it was like <laughs> a Ferris wheel. It was like a Ferris wheel. So it was probably, I don't know, maybe six inches across. Uh, so you had the two wheels on each side of the Ferris wheel. And then in the middle, you had this clown. And in hindsight, it's probably a pretty creepy clown. But oh the God. clown would stay level, right? So you would roll this thing away from you. And the clown would, you know, stay in position and maybe rock back and forth a little bit. And then it would get to the end and then it would come back to you. And I remember just as a two-year-old, three-year-old rolling this across the wooden floor in my bedroom. I thought that this was the coolest toy around. This sounds so familiar. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't know what it's, I don't know what it's called. Cause I tried to do some research. The closest thing I could come up with was this toy. You can make yourself called the crazy can, but it's like this big circus wheel uh, thing with a clown in the middle, uh, you know, red nose, blue and white polka dot, white face kind of clown. Uh, in hindsight, for people who are afraid of clowns, that may be the toy you don't want because every time you try to roll it away from you, it keeps coming back at you. like It chases creepy. you around. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't really. Ch- it moves in a straight line, so you can take one foot to the left or to the right, well, and he's not going to grab you. I'm not particularly you. athletic, so. Okay. Well, you can kind of lean to the left or right, and it will, won't not, get you. I'm not even really that athletic. So I don't know the name of this thing. So my number five, the only thing I'm going to call it is the crazy can. It's crazy with a K and can with a K. Because terror clown just seems to. <laughs> terror clown. Terror clown go away. Yes, that is my number five. Matthew, what did you have for number four? My number four, actually, and this is something that was really weird because I did not. A lot of times when we talk about things in our past, we're like, oh, yeah, I remember them, you know, vividly and fondly. But I started thinking about, well, what toys did I really have when I was a kid? And I suddenly remembered a time. And I want to say this time would have been somewhere in like the first or second grade where everyone in my school was obsessed with the demolition derby. To the point where actually we got in some real trouble because we would go out to uh, recess and we would play demolition derby, which meant literally barreling into each other at high speed. And when a kid lost a tooth because he was one of the small kids, we were banned from ever playing demolition derby at recess. But fortunately for me, Kenner 
was ready to fill in the blanks to 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 pick up where our band activity left off. And so at some point, and I want to say it was for Christmas, I got my very own Kenner Smash Up Derby toy playset. And what it really was was two little plastic ramps. And two little cars with uh, the T-pull strips where you yank it out and then oh, a little yeah, gyroscope yeah. in the car. Mm-hmm. And you would drive them at each other. And these two cars had spring-loaded bumpers. So when the bumpers would impact each other or really anything, the doors and the hood yeah. and the trunk would fly off the car. And you would have the smash-up derby. So I remember this because at one point we had to make a diorama at school. And the diorama that they wanted us to make was a little town. And I made a used car lot with the two smash-up derby cars. And we decided that it was a very, very used car lot. But I, I vividly remember playing with these toys. And I cannot, for the life of me, tell you if I have ever thought of that as an adult any other time in my life. So mm-hmm. whoever sent this in, thanks for reminding me of a time when I was obsessed with crashing old cars together. It, my it's, number four. It's funny that up. you know kids have always lo- loved to just run into each other and smash each other. I mean, you've got the smash up yeah. derby. I think I remember playing a variation of that. Uh, yep. We used to play kill the man with a football kind of thing, which <laughs> you know that, it's a game that doesn't make <laughs> That's any sense. Not even a game, dude. I know, right? It's like you you give a guy the football, and then everybody's trying to tackle this guy, and uh-huh. for some reason you don't hold on to the football. Uh, maybe the game, the point of the game was to figure out who could hold on to the football the longest. Right. But it always seems kind of dumb. It's like, I don't want people to smash into me here. You take the ball. No, you take the ball. That kind of thing. Uh, um, and, and even today, you know, you can buy these giant like uh, sumo suits or you can buy these uh, like uh, they're a ball inside of a ball kind of thing where you uh, can mm-hmm. get in and kind of hold it up in front of you. And then you can run at each other and smash into each other yeah. in these giant <laughs> uh, inflatable ball things. Mm-hmm. My kids love them, but it's it's odd that, you know, kids love to smash into each other with stuff. Kids well, uh, yeah, it's like kids are always fighting, like play fighting. It's like sock mm-hmm. and boppers, yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like those like big inflatable gloves. Yep. Yep. Or rock and sock and robots. Yep. 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 Hopefully that's not on anybody's list. Yeah, maybe it will be. We'll find out. Rodrigo, what do you have for your number four? My number four... Uh, was a toy that I played with a lot, and I think I I must have inherited it because I can't imagine that I as a kid I was like, hey, buy me this. Um, but it was a uh, Star Wars, and I think it was like that that like Kenner Star Wars, uh, like Nien Nub, Nien Nub. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, like I would say uh, Nine Num. Oh. <laughs> All right. I don't know. You're probably well, this, right. This this was in Mexico, so that's that's how it's pronounced oh, in Spanish. Right. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Lando's actually co-pilot uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. I want to say. Yep. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. This it was just like a very conveniently sized action figure, and I I just aside from really one, um property i never had a complete collection well and i didn't have a complete collection but i never had a large collection of anything so all of my toys were like um you know is like one gi joe and like a a plastic alligator that came out of like an egg you know like you know what i'm talking about like Mm -hmm, the things that you put like coins into and you get like a super cheap plastic toy 
right. like the, that that's kind of the stuff that i played with not necessarily because uh we didn't have the resources to get anything else although my parents were um they didn't want to spoil us so it was like you know birthdays and special occasions and that's about it for you know toys we didn't get a ton of toys all the time so um but I did inherit a lot of toys from my uncle when he got a little older, so I would get all kinds of random stuff. And this action figure must have been one of them, because I remember playing with it mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. And and as a kid, you know, maybe I saw Return of the Jedi, but it didn't really stick with me for a long time. So I was like, I didn't even know what this guy was mm-hmm. from. Just like a weird, you know, fish monkey monster guy. <laughs> didn't he appear in one of the, like, later films is he in the force awakens or someone he, of his yeah, race yeah yeah he is in the force awakens for just a little okay. i thought i thought maybe it was another uh guy from you know another guy from the same planet or right. whatever but uh Solistan is the name of the race which yeah. i don't know why i remember that as i uh as i was doing research for this i found that there is that he that is in fact supposed to be him mm-hmm. wow that's impressive. I mean, yeah. he doesn't look a day older. Yep. Yep. All right. My number four. Um, I don't remember when I got this because the popularity of this thing was first introduced in 76. And I'm pretty sure I didn't get it in 76, but maybe. Um, but it ran through about 1985 or something like that. But wow. it was this little yellow handheld thing. And on it, there was this little old man with glasses and a mustache and for years, I always thought he was drinking like a milkshake, but he really was holding open a book. And I thought that because the, the spine of the book looked like a little milkshake and the yellow pages that they had looked like a little yellow blonde mustache on this guy. But he was called the Little Professor. And the Little Professor was developed by Texas Instruments in, like I said, it was debuted in 1976. Texas Instruments would then later go on and do speak and spell after this. But the Little Professor was this thing where it quizzed you on math. Essentially, it was electronic flashcards. And I don't know why I found this so intriguing because you could could figure out, okay, what do I want to do? I want to do math. I want to do addition, subtraction, uh, division, multiplication. What level do I want it to do on? And then you'd hit go, and then it would ask you 10 questions, and you had to type in the answer and submit, and then it would score you on a a score of, uh, you know, zero to 10 on how well you did. And I think... I can't remember if it actually had a calculator function or not. I think it was just a reverse calculator where it asked you the the problem and you had to solve it. But man, this thing was addictive. And uh, I would play it on and off. I must have must have got it in 76 or 77. Wow. Uh, but the little professor was this crazy little reverse calculator that I enjoyed playing with to try to do math in your head. That was the whole point. Try to get you to be faster at math. And, you know, even at the, you know, the easiest level would be like four plus six equals and you would type in 10 and so on and so <laughs> forth. But a really cool little thing. And that's my number four, The Little Professor from nice. Texas Instruments. You can find them, I guess, on eBay right now for about 80 bucks. Matthew, what is your, we're up to threes now. What is your number, number three? three? My number three, I can tell you the exact year that I did not get my number three. And the reason for that is that the movie came out in 1977. The toys were not ready for Christmas 1977, but they were ready for Christmas 1978. 
and all the Star Wars toys were out and about. And in 1978, I did not get the toy that I really, really wanted. And it, it really kind of, you know, made me sad. What I don't remember if I really, still really believe. Wanted? Oh, but I'll tell you. I'll oh, tell okay. you. I'll tell you. Stay with me. I wasn't necessarily sure if I still believed in Santa Claus, but it was okay. Because in, in Christmas 1979, I received the Kenner Millennium Falcon toy to go with my uh, Star Wars figures. I'm pretty sure I may have given uh, Rodrigo a nine num because I had a whole bunch of them, but I never had the good ones. I didn't have a Han Solo, but I had Han Solo in his parka mm, from, mm-hmm. uh, Empire from Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. And I didn't have R2-D2, but I had the Death Star droid who kind of looked like him, and I had oh, an yeah, R5-D4. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of you know weird off-brand guys that you could get at the Duck Worlds. Well, they're not off-brand. They were just they were other off-brand. characters. They were just not. They are not R two D two. They're a guy who was in the background of one scene for yeah, four that's, minutes. That's how those Cloud toys City. work. Yeah, that's not how that works. But I got the Millennium Falcon, and I was like, "Yeah, woo, Millennium Falcon!" And it was a pretty awesome toy. I don't know if you guys have actually you know played with the Kenner Falcons back in the day. They were really well designed because part of the undercarriage actually served as a handle so you could kind of fly it around it's a yeah, big yeah, you yeah. know shaped like a hamburger yeah, with you, a, it was kind of in the middle if i remember so that yep. the back half of the ship could rest on your arm as you're flying this thing mm-hmm. around because it was big for kids standards it was really big and it had a little plate that you could take off the back so you mm-hmm. could see you know the hidden stuff in the area and you could have your your characters play chess and then it had a little space in the front. And of course it had the, the olive the poked in the side that you could have. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but the thing that I remember about it most was that it actually had the, uh, uh, the, uh, the gangplank type thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the end little entry pod that comes in through the side. And the reason I remember that is because that thing came with two little hangy bits that always fell off, always fell off and were nearly broken immediately upon purchase. And then talking with toy dealers later, when I've tried to find one of these, I'm always hearing, yeah, those gangplank pieces are murder to find in any decent condition because they always fall off and they break. So you leave the gangplank closed as much as you could. Later, when I had G.I. Joe figures, the Joe team actually stole the Millennium Falcon Mm. uh, from Lando Calrissian because this was before the release of uh, Return of the Jedi. I figured Han was dead. But it was a pretty awesome, huge, big toy. And I realized later the reason why uh, I didn't get one from Santa Claus was that Santa Claus didn't necessarily have the budget and or the time to go shopping for the thing because it was the big, you know, everybody wants a toy of 1978. So you didn't get it you did get it? I got it in 79. Oh, okay. Didn't get it in 78. Santa Claus was a middle-aged mother. And, Mm. you know, I appreciate that now, being a middle-aged father myself. Uh, Star Wars action figures is actually my number two. Uh, I, I, I remember distinctly my mom, uh, mailing away. Cause you remember it, when these toys were mm-hmm. originally released because they were like, Hey, these will be, uh, out in time for Christmas. You can pre-order these now. And so but you they could, were. <laughs> yeah. And then they weren't, but you got this certificate that you would get them the next year or whenever they did come out. So I remember the Christmas of it would have been 78 at this time. Uh, mm-hmm. that I came down Christmas morning and I had Luke Skywalker with the yellow lightsaber, Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi with the vinyl leather, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the vinyl, uh, cape. I had Jedi Han Solo cape. with the cook, with the crooked arm so he could fire from the hip. Uh, I had Chewbacca with this really just 
weird Chewbacca body. Uh, <laughs> Princess Leia, the shortest of all of the, the characters next to R2-D2. She also had a little vinyl cape. They all had vinyl capes for some reason. Darth Vader, the menacing evil person in this movie. Uh, what else did I had? C-3PO, R2-D2. I had mm-hmm. a sand crawler and a Jawa. But I didn't wow. get, but I didn't get the, um, there were, I think one, there was one more in that and it was like, uh, oh, and I got a, two stormtroopers, mm-hmm. uh, and I got the, uh, the only one that I didn't get was the, um, commander. I think it was like the death star commander, I think, or the, um, operator or something. I forget that was that last figure of the 13. I think it was 13 that came out in that first wave. I got mm-hmm. all of them, but that one, I got a wow. land speeder. And I got a TIE fighter. The speeders fighter. were great. I love the speeders. Yeah. I got the, the land speeder and the TIE fighter. Never got an X-Wing. Never got a Millennium Falcon. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why I didn't get an X-Wing because it's like, well, it makes sense that I would need an X-Wing if I've got a TIE fighter. So the land speeder doubled as a spaceship a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I could pile a lot of figures onto that, that, that land speeder. Oh, sure. You do a little bit of glue, you can get eight or ten. No, no, not glue. I mean, they had little pegs, and if you put people right, you could uh, wedge Princess Leia in between Han Solo and Luke Skywalker in the cockpit. And, of course, the droids were on the back. Uh, They had little uh, pegs that you could slide their legs into so they could sit on the back. And then you had the um, – you could have uh, Obi-Wan kind of stand, straddle that back exhaust uh, port, the middle (laughs) one. And they could yeah. be flying around while the, while the, while the TIE fighter chased them. Cool thing about the TIE fighter. What I liked a lot is, uh, of course it had the electronic sounds and a light up little bulb on the front to simulate the, the lasers. Uh, but then it had these pop-off pieces where as it's flying, if you would want it to simulate a hit, um, you could press these two buttons on the sides and the side panels would go flying would off so that you could simulate, uh, the explosions. My friend, Tim, had the X-Wing, but didn't have a TIE fighter. So it was a good thing we were friends because then we could play with uh, with the complete set of, of, of toys. Now, I, I don't think, I never had, as I said, the Millennium Falcon. Um, my cousin did around the time that Return of the Jedi came out. So I was able to get pretty much, you know, that, that first wave of uh, Star Wars action figures uh, for that one Christmas, another year I got, uh, it was called the droid factory build set, which was essentially a bunch of robot parts. And then you would go through and you could build different configurations of robots, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, but then after that, I didn't really, if, if I wanted the empire strikes back figures, I had to buy those on my own. So I got a Yoda, I got a, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Boba Fett? No, no. Oh, yeah, I did have a Boba Fett. We sent away. We saved up all the little uh, um, things on the side to get two Boba Fetts <laughs> and then a Lando Calrissian. And that was about it after that. That was it of my Star Wars figure collection. But I have most of those still today. I can't find Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I can't find him in the set, but I have all the original figures still. So that is my number two, the Star Wars action figures. My number I don't have th- any of my Star Wars figures. My number three, though is a game that I found the other day at the Hobby Lobby. Apparently, retro gaming is cool again. And, oh man, these were all the rage, probably about middle school, I think, for all of us. Uh, Maybe not for Rodrigo. Yeah. But um, you would get this little handheld game, and there would be these little red LEDs on the inside, 
and you could have it move up and down and forward, and you could even have one of the little dots pass to another dot on the screen. <gasps> Mattel's Electronic Football. <laughs> now, this was a solo game, essentially a solo game, where you it's just you against the, the opponent, but there was a two-player game where it'd be like, okay, it's your turn, you've got four chances to make a touchdown, uh, or you know you would punt, and then you would give it to your friend and then they would play the other side and then you just pass back and forth and see who got the, the high score, man, the Mattel electronic football, the first year that came out, I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this thing? I've got to have one. And I think it was the next Christmas after they first came out is when I got the electronic football, but on road trips that we took all the time, Mattel's mm-hmm. electronic football was right there playing with me. And it'd be like, and then if you made a touchdown, it'd be like, I can't remember. It did a, I can't remember if it did a da 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 kind of thing or not. I think it did. It did. It or did one some of sort of that. noise when yeah. you would when you would when you would successfully either get a touchdown or win. It would be like there would be something that was infuriating to listen to. The the cool thing was once you figured out how to do a pass effectively, man, you would just be like scoring every time. There would be games like seventy eight to like two, you know, if you were playing against the uh, the computer. So. Mattel's Electronic Football, my number three. We also covered my number two since it was the same as Matthew's number three. Yep. But, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number two? Uh, my number three? Two. Um, no, you should be three. up to – let's see. What did you have for your – what did you have? have? Did we skip you on number three? I think so. Oh, okay. Sorry was, about that. Let's get to your number discode. three. Uh, my number three is the Dino Riders T-Rex. Mm. <laughs> Dino Riders. Yep. Dino Riders, uh, were really awesome toys, which were first off dinosaurs. And then there was like a bunch of guys riding on them with like turrets and like lasers and stuff shooting out of them. And, uh, I got the T-Rex and, um, it was uh, pretty much everything I ever wanted in a toy. Um, it was like a, a dinosaur with like lasers coming out of it and stuff. And and the lasers were and Real like the lasers. pods were like the bad guys. Yes, um, where the bad guys sat and everything because the T Rex was the the bad guys' uh, dinosaur, of course. Um, that that stuff was all removable, so you had a normal dinosaur, quote unquote, that you could then like attach all this stuff to. Uh, sure enough, eventually I you know broke or lost all the other pieces, and eventually I was just left with the uh, just with the T Rex, which you know like uh, had wheels on the bottom of its feet and kind yeah. of scooted along and was like rar rar. Yeah. Um, I remember I used to just like. Uh, set it down and like send it into a room just being like rah rah and it would like freak people out because it looks like a giant lizard you know because this thing was like <laughs> yeah i don't know probably like a it was like a couple feet long you yeah. know so it's like you look over <laughs> this was southern mexico where there are giant lizards <laughs> so people would look over and be like ah and then it was just a a, a robot uh this toy is what rex from toy story is based on mm-hmm so really? if you've yep if you've seen Rex from Toy Story that same thing where he has like the the stiff plastic like legs and and the long tail that attaches and kind of 
uh, turns radially instead of like side to side, like you would expect the tail to do. That's that's what that's what this guy was. Wow, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. All I know about Dino Riders is the commercial had a song that went Dino Riders. Bum, yep, and that. Bum, bum, bum. Yep, that was carried over to uh, the Mexican advertisement as well. They were just called Dino Riders. They didn't translate it. Um, I know that there was a cartoon, and I've maybe seen all of eight seconds of that cartoon. <laughs> I don't think is it, it the ever... eight seconds where the guy sings Dino Riders. <laughs> I, I don't think the Dino Riders thing is in the cartoon. You know, it's like, like, um. It's like if you saw like He-Man commercials, they didn't use the He-Man theme song, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just like, He-Man, he's a big man with a sword. And like, <laughs> it's just like a completely different department, right? It's like they're not involved at all. Cool. Uh, so uh, since we, uh, since I've already done my number two and we skipped your number three, that means, Rodrigo, you are now back in the loop to hit us with your number two. <laughs> wow. And then we'll get to Matthew's number two. Two people in a row, then two more people in a row. All right. Uh, my number two. Earlier, I mentioned that there was a franchise that, as a kid, I tried to get everything for, and that was He-Man mm-hmm. and the Masters of the Universe. And I had lots of He-Man toys. I had that thing where, like, He-Man had, like, a thing, and you poked his chest, and it turned into a dented chest. Oh, right, right. That'll- Battle damage. damage, yeah. And I, I had that guy where like his neck was long, back of neck. Yep. And I had that guy where like he squirted water at you. Uh, that was snout spout. Yep. And I had that guy did where you have a stinky one that smelled like vomit. I did not. No, I did not get that one. I don't know if that one ever made it to Latin America because I think that one got released in the United States and people were like, no. His name is Stinkor, by yeah, the way. Stink something. I knew that. He also was the one, the only one that was flocked, right? Oh no, no, uh, Beastman was flocked too, right? Beastman was also flocked. Uh, this guy was doubly flocked. He was seriously flocked in the head because he was stinky and fuzzy. But he was actually, I want to say, his head was just a reworking of a Beastman head, maybe, or mm-hmm. a Merman head. Merman, I think. Yeah. Did you have Modulock? Uh, w- wait. Was that the one that had different heads? No, that was Manny Mo- heads. Mo- <laughs> Modulock was the one that was a great big erector set of like pieces and you made him into whatever he was. So it had like your set came with a torso and a lower torso and like eight arms and two heads and four legs and a no. weird gun. Oh, Modulock was the scariest thing ever, man. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I did Manny not. Heads, Manny faces. Manny yeah. faces. I did have, because that one, you just like turned, he had a knob uh-huh. on top of his head, right? Yep. And just turned yep. it. Yep. 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 I had, I had that one too. Uh, but my number two is actually Buzz Off. Who's oh. like a bee guy. Oh, right. So, I remember him. A big buff bee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. like a really buff bee with like pincers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And totally I, I think good. as a kid that just like really spoke to me, like what is going on here? Like, I think. This like Buzz Off had to be like a series two or three guy, whereas like it really was getting to the point where they were just like looking around the room and, you know, being like uh Lampor and <laughs> and Fisto. Yeah. Key- keyboard dens. Fisto's a real one, by the way. 
Yeah. He had a big fist. Yep. 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 For some reason I had a friend, um, and this was middle school, obviously who had like all of the He-Man figures. So he had He-Man, he had Man-at-Arms, he had the, uh, the Birdman, he Skeletor. had, uh, Leela, Skeletor, Tila. Um, Tila, that's right. Tila. Uh, Skeletor, Beast Man. I'm mm. trying to figure out what were all of the original Wave 1 uh, toys in the original series. But he seemed to have like that entire lineup of the of the figures. And for mm-hmm. some reason, I went over one day because I, you know, I've talked about this before. I did not get a lot of toys growing up. So when Matthew was like, oh, yeah, I had the entire G.I. Joe line. I'm like, I had zero G.I. Joe's. Dude, I had uh, my a idea, job and used all my money to buy G.I. Joe's. My, my, my grandma's friend. idea of, uh, of a birthday gift one year was to get me a bunch of those little wind-up robots uh, that we've oh. talked about before. I got 10. I got five red, five blue. Uh, and that was the gift. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, so I didn't get in. I didn't get a lot of these other toys. But for some reason, I went over to my friend's house one day and I was like, oh, these are so cool. Oh, uh, yeah. He, now, he didn't have Battle Cat. But he's like, oh, yeah, you like these? Here, you can just have them all. What? I was like, what? So what I had, I, did, I had um, He-Man. I had Skeletor. Um, as I said, Beast Man. I didn't have Blade. Did you have the blue He-Man? Faker He-Man. No, I, he was, I just had. He was a clone of He-Man who was no. evil working for Skeletor. No, 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 no. No, it was, it was basically your first wave of characters. So I didn't have Buzz Off uh, or any of those. Yeah. Um, but you know, Beast I just Man had, and Merman. I didn't and have, did Man they make a figure of, um, I did oh, I did have Evil Lynn. Yeah. Cause she was evil. Yeah. But I don't she think, was, did they ever make a figure of the, um, the person in charge of Castle Grayskull, whatever her name was. I don't think that the was sorceress? In the first wave. Yeah, oh. the sorceress. I don't remember there being a sorceress action figure, but I remember there being... Well, Tila's not the sorceress, is no, she? No, 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 no. The sorceress is the one who basically dresses like a grackle, right? She, she has, the, wing, like she a has the one that has the bird head. Yeah, I don't remember there being a figure of her. Yeah, so I had all of, I had all of that kind of the first wave stuff. And he was just like, yeah, you can have it. I don't, I don't want them. And then it's probably because his parents was, were one of those that were always buying him toys left and right. You know, he had mm-hmm. the, the 12 foot long, uh, aircraft carrier of GI. Oh, he came to school about like this kid. I hate this kid. Every single, and the weird thing was his parent, I mean, his parents, I don't think were, were well off because if you lived where I lived, it's not a, it's not a upper middle class and higher, uh, community. Uh, but his dad was working at the nuclear power plant and those guys were making bank back in the day. So he would come oh. to school like every other day with um, G.I. Joe figures, a new G.I. Joe figure that he just bought. And so for him, it was just like, oh, yeah, you want these He-Man figures? Yeah, go ahead. So that's how I ended up with a bunch of He-Man figures. And I was like, do you want these back? He's like, no, not really. And I'm like, OK. So I had those things for years. And then he moved away and I was like, well, he's not getting them back now. What was the name of the cat with the wings? The red, white, and blue guy. He the had like red, a helmet. Blue guy. Oh, I don't know. It's a He-Man. Oh. He was one of the early He-Man yeah. characters. Yeah, that's the guy I was talking about. Wings. Yeah, yeah. He's the gray guy. He was the, the hawk guy. Um, Crater. Yeah. I forget his... what his name was. Birdo-Man. Stratos. That's his name. Because oh, I don't ever yeah. remember seeing him in like the cartoon show. 
No, he was one of the random bad guys early on in the show, and he never got any development. And then by that time, they had new figures. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. So there you go. A uh, little story there to go along with Rodrigo's He-Man figures He-Man. at number Snout two. Snout Spout. <laughs> Matthew, what did you have for number two? Well, it wasn't Snout Spout. Because I'll tell you right now, the He-Man figures just kind of gave me the just a big case of the GBs. I just I could not reconcile their stumpy little legs with their mm-hmm. massive upper bodies, and and they all kind of look like Randy Macho Man Savage to me. But uh, roughly the same time period, actually, there was a set of action figures that did appeal to me, and Stephen, of course, has referenced my massive. G.I. Joe collection. I still have it. They're all broken, but they're in boxes in the uh, garage right now. But the original G.I. Joe run, the original 13 figures and like five uh, accessories all came out in 1982. And the best of them all, the greatest of accessories, was not the uh, little uh, thing. It was a trailer that had big missiles on it that went pew, pew, pew. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the mobile laser guns that went pew, pew, pew. And it wasn't the little motorcycle with the Gatling gun on the side that you could shoot people up with. And it wasn't Snake Eyes because I didn't really care for Snake Eyes, which is weird because now he's one of my favorites. But I blame that on Larry Hama. It was the Mobat, the motorized battle tank which is a battery-powered tank that had little treads, and it would run, and you could steer it, and you could make it run around, and it would climb over things as long as they weren't too big, and you could play with it in the dirt as long as there wasn't too much dirt. It was really cool because it's a relatively, these early G.I. Joe figures were relatively true-to-life military hardware. And this tank is sort of kind of, just a tank. It doesn't have like, you know, glowing orange barrels or, you know, weird things sticking out of it or anything like that. It is literally just a tank, a really cool tank piloted by a guy from Philadelphia whose name is Steeler because everybody from Philadelphia is into steel. Um, right now, Mella is out there cursing me, but that's okay. The thing about the Mobat that was the greatest part of it. And by the way, Stephen, I went and I bought this with the money that I earned for my job because I, you know, didn't actually get an allowance or any money or anything. Oh man, I and bought a Timex Sinclair with the money that I earned. From there working. you go. Yep, I had uh, a T ninety nine with the little chiclet keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good. But <laughs> the thing that was great about the Mobat tank is that it ran off four D batteries. And I don't know if you Whoa. are familiar with the D batteries. Yeah, four Ds. So that's like fifty. Pounds of battery, which makes the toy really heavy and awesome and gives it some serious heavy duty, you know, when you're climbing over things and running over Cobra Commander's little mirrory face. But the really great part about it, other than the fact that it had massive D batteries, was the fact that you could use it for just about anything. And I did discover that it floats. And I also discovered that battery powered toys that float. You can only really float them once, and they're no longer a battery-powered toy. But I do still have my Mobat. Again, it's in the the closet in the garage with all of my G.I. Joe toys. Someday I'm going to get them out. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to say, hey, dude, these were my toys, and he's going to be great. I'll give you $1.99 for them here at the Vintage Junk. But 
nonetheless, my number two was the beloved Mobat from G.I. Joe. Man, you might be surprised that even junky toys, as long as they're still in good working order, and I remember the G.I. Joe toys, you know, mm-hmm. once their joints lubricated up, man, they you couldn't get them to be in a standing position at all because it's be like, okay, let me put him in this cool kneeling position, ready to throw a grenade. And then it'd just be like, ah, the joints would all just fall apart. The thing about GI Joe figures is their guts are actually held together by a rubber band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And 35 years down the line, those rubber bands have all just completely fallen apart. Well, but the thing is, if you can still have them and they're in working order, even if they're a little banged up, you can get really good money for a lot of that stuff. And I, I say really good money. I'm talking about like five to 10 bucks. Per figure. 10 bucks. Uh, I'll have to look. I mean, it's not it. like a $75 thing, but I mean, it's 10 bucks. Well, it's not like I'm going to get the child through college any other way. So, well, there you go. That's why you're a collector because you were told one day you would be able to put your child through college with these things. No, I'm, I'm a collector because I'm like, wait, there's more of these. I must have them all. <laughs> I, I think, I think batteries have improved over the last 30 years because today that same tank would run on like three double A's. Or four double A's <laughs> and not need those D cell batteries. And I think that they've gotten D-cell a way to batteries. maximize small batteries for a long life. Yeah. Because, oh my and, God, and circuitry and motors. Yeah. The circuitry and motors of these toys have also improved drastically. Yeah, so yeah. I can't remember the last time I had to put a D battery in anything. Uh, we did when my sons were really young. They had a toy that literally required D batteries. And we're like, are you serious? A D battery today? And we had to go and find them. And the, I yeah. mean, they still have them. They still sell them, but oh my gosh, the worst though. They're like 20 bucks for a pair of them. Right. The worst though, are they, are those lantern batteries? Remember the lantern batteries where you'd have oh, these little yes. cheesy lanterns or a giant flashlight back in the day. You had this like, uh, it was square. It was like a huge rectangle. It was like the size of a cup. Imagine a yep. coffee cup that was square. Yes. With, mm, two with two springs, springs on, on the top. And that was a battery for your, your fishing flashlight or your cop flashlight or whatever. Um, we had some your toys that weather radio. Yeah. That required some of those things. Oh my gosh. Those were huge really? batteries. You can, I think what you can still buy those toy today. Requires a giant lantern. It was battery. some electronic <laughs> kit. Rectanguloid, thing. the friendly robot. Yeah. Hello. I am a robot. It, it was some electronics kit that my parents got me when I was like in oh, middle school. Yeah. And Do it not required that. things on my head. I, I remember the battery, those batteries leaked all the time. And so I mm-hmm. think I had that thing until the battery leaked like the first time. And I was like, screw this. I'm not messing around with this stuff anymore. So yeah, that leaky why I'm not an electronic engineer because I couldn't stand leaky batteries. Yeah, that's why you're not. That is exactly why. <laughs> that's that's the only that's reason. The only why. reason. I mean, it's ooh, that's battery. It's acid. It's going to eat your whole skin off. Don't touch that. Ugh. All right, we are up to our number ones. So <laughs> down to our number ones, depending on how your list is made. It's always up. And uh, Rodrigo, what is your number one? My number one toy from my childhood is a um, like a big plastic dimetrodon you know you you guys know what a dimetrodon is uh it's a dinosaur two heads no it's a saurian with a big fin on his back yeah it's got that big frill yeah um technically not a dinosaur but let's not get into it um a sauropod kind of counts no it's not a sauropod either (laughs) it's a dotaplex (laughs) we we don't let's not get into it it's um, a multiplex. It, it, yes. Multiplex. I did not have multiplex. I will uh, fight. Growing you. up. 
Um, but what I did have was, again, this wasn't from anything. It, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I had a Dimetrodon from like the Jurassic Park series of toys. And I might have had one from Dino Riders at some point. But this one was great because it was really big. It was like maybe um, or, or also I was very young. So maybe it was just like a foot long. And I was like, the thing's gigantic. Um, but I would tie a uh, like a string around its neck and I would walk it around the house. Oh, are these one of those giant, just solid plastic things? Yep, just oh. solid, kind of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. slightly flexible plastic, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know what I mean. No joints. Yep. I no exactly anything. It's like it's just like giant just, gold. They filled it with plastic, and there you go. Yep. You can you can see a clear line where the two halves of it yeah. were like brought together. Sometimes yep. with some like leftover plastic sticking out. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's just that you know. Just have two like. Face like perpetually open in a weird roar. <laughs> eyes, you know, if you actually looked at its eyes, which were on either side of its head, they weren't really pointing <laughs> in any sort of cohesive <laughs> one was, direction. One was up, one was forward. Yep. This thing is clearly just maybe if it had like two whole paint stations when it was put together, just like one spray, like one like primer coat, top coat, dots for eyes, done. You know. <laughs> And yep, I love this thing. I carried it. I uh, I had that and a Stegosaurus, and I would like drag them around all over the place, and I would play with them, and I would like, you know, do that thing where like you like get come in for like dinner and like like put them on top of the table, and I'd be like, ram, 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 ram. they'd like eat my dinner, and then my mom would be like, get those things off the table. Now was yours hollow? <laughs> it was, was. Was it hollow in this? Because yes. I remember having a dinosaur similar to that. Uh, okay, technically not a dinosaur, but I had a dinosaur Perfect. similar to that when I was a kid that is like, yeah, you could see like all the way down into its guts. Yep. And I was like, oh, yep. that's kind of creepy. I probably had the same put, one that you did. Yeah, probably. And I, because why would they ever change that design? Exactly. I yeah. used to put, I used to put marbles inside it. I don't remember what I put in mine. Oh, I remember what I put in mine. All the other little tiny, because um, you know how army figures <laughs> come in those big bags? <laughs> yeah. They used to have like dinosaurs kind of the same way. There'd be like a triceratops and a. I don't know the one with the uh, the hammer on the back of its uh, tail and the T Rex okay. and that kind of stuff. It used like to have a bunch of little those. Yeah, and so I'd shove them down in the mouth and then pull them out. So. Wow, it was like a what? like a dinosaur carrier. Yeah, yeah. I think the company like, there's a company today that makes these things. It's the Schleich company. It's like Schleicher but without the ER. So if you go down to the toy aisle, they make these hyper realistic looking yeah. chunks of plastic. And I remember the yeah. dinosaurs would freak my kids out when I was a kid because I'd be like, Hey, look at this giant T-Rex. And they'd be like, ah, no. Yeah. But it's like, is like pretty high quality. Stuff. It is. It really is. Yeah, I know the kind a, you're talking about is like super cheapo. Yeah. I remember having something like this when I was like four and five. Do you yeah. guys remember the cartoon that had a cartoon, uh, Demetri Don in it? And his name was Dimitri. And he uh, used to hang out with a stegosaurus named Stego. Yeah. Uh, and he an dinosaurs. Thank you. Yep. Oh, and they all crawled in a flying saucer and flew away to different planets. No, that, they uh, were they were stuck on Earth, and right, big, they had they had a bunch of kids it. helping them out. And then the bad guys is like the good guys were like an Allosaurus and uh, um, a Triceratops, a Triceratops, and an Archaeopteryx. And then the bad guys were like a tyrannosaurus and a pterodactyl and like so there was and, and a styracosaur so it's like they 
they just took, you know, it's like one theropod, one like avian dinosaur, one, and they just like had had like an evil version. There was a there was a Dinonesis in there too. Yeah, and I can't remember if you if she was good or evil. I don't I don't remember a lot of their names uh, I because just, I they, love the fact that I watched most it in Spanish. Their names were just the first part without the saurus. So their ankylosaurus was named Ankylo, and the allosaurus yep. was named Allo, and yep. just ugh. cool. Which is amazing that they came up with those names all the way in their own distinct planet that they come from. Right? They speak Latin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is Rodrigo's number one. Matthew, what do you have for number one? My number one had to be my number one. Ask me why. Why? Why? It's it's currently six inches from me and has been watching every major spoilers podcast for the last several years. Because this is a toy that I bought when I was eight years old and I lost a couple of times. I misplaced. And I remember being super happy at one point to find this toy like in the corner under something. And then it disappeared for a few years and turned up in a box that my grandma sent me of stuff. And then it spent some time in a crate. And a few years ago, I opened that crate for the first time and I found my black hole Vincent action figure. It's about, Ooh, ooh, yeah. Like two inches tall. This is the original 1979. Well, we say the original one, there was really only, only the one. I think it was the (laughs) Um, only figure that they came out in that line. Right. Uh, the, the three and a three quarter inch line actually had like 10 figures in it. It had the entire crew of the Palomino. There was a Vincent, there was a Maximilian. And I want to say there was a Reinhardt. There may have been a Lieutenant star, but there was not in America, at least an old Bob figure. The old Bob figure came out, uh, in like Latin America after the movie had already tanked in, in, uh, uh, the United States. So you can't really find an old Bob figure at at anything less than triple digit prices. But fortunately for me, I have not had to go and buy a new Vincent because I still have my old Vincent. And the thing about it is that's, that's cool is it's like, it it does the stuff that Vincent does. It has the little telescoping legs and the telescoping arms and his head is designed to where it can like fall down and retreat into his body to protect his eyes. And because it's a 40-year-old toy, it does that, and you can't really keep the head from falling down, so you have to spend a lot of time trying to get it to where it's just right, and you get that last bit of friction on the innards to hold his head open. And if anything nudges my desk even the slightest bit, his head goes... He's just really scared. He is, and he's really kind of the harbinger of doom in my household. But yeah, I have uh, right now my Vincent figure is looking at me, and he knows that I'm talking about him. He's just looking at me, man. It's creepy because he's got his little beady eyes. But I love that toy because I loved that movie because I was the nerd who was like, "Yeah, Star Wars is great." But have you guys seen this Disney thing? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, but yeah, my number one is my little tiny. Like through two inch high Vincent Akin figure. At one point, he used to hang out with uh, Han Solo in his parka and the G.I. Joes on the Millennium Falcon. Because I don't care about multi-universal crossovers. These people are like, Infinity War is the best crossover ever. I'm like, you should have been there the time that Barbie and He-Man and Vincent saved the world in a Volkswagen rabbit. Oh, you know, you know what fits perfectly under a uh he-Man action figures like ho- horrendous squat. What? A My Little Pony. <laughs> like, 
I used like, to I used to raid my sister's room for My Little Ponies for my He Man guys to ride on. Because Battle Cat awesome. is expensive. I had a Battle Cat and I had that like purple panther that uh, Skeletor has, but there wasn't there weren't enough mounts to go around. So it's like go on Sprinkle Muffin attack. <laughs> I have the power. All right. Uh, my number one should come as no surprise. Still my favorite toy today. And that's Lego. But my favorite toy, my favorite Lego toy as a kid came from the classic space collection. I, I remember my parents got me the Lego, uh, the Lego bricks when I was, I don't know, six, something like that. And it just was a base set of bricks. Now this was before the minifigures came out. Right. Um, and so that was really fun. Build buildings, all these kinds of things. And then the space Lego set came out. And I think that was where we introduced the classic minifigures that we know of today. And for some reason, my parents just went all out and Lego were pretty expensive. Even back then price per brick, uh, pretty expensive, but you know, they got me the rocket launcher and the space command center and the space, uh, scooter and the, uh, uh, the, uh, the space shuttle and the mobile tracking station and a, and a launching uh, station. But the one that was oh. my favorite and I still have every single, well, no, I don't have every single part of it because two pieces broke. So I've had to uh, do two replacement parts, which aren't the same color. It is set nine two four, the transporter. This one was really cool because it came with a red minifigure and a white minifigure space, uh, minifigure characters. And uh, this looked like a little space shuttle and you could fit both of the characters in the in the uh, cockpit area. The the top would flip up and you put the little guys down in there and it had, you know, two rockets on the back and they could fly around and do activities. And then when it landed, there was also a little forklift that one of them could drive and they could pick up this little container that you would put a little green uh, clear cylinder in that. And then the back of the uh, transporter would split open and you could load it into the back and close it up and lock it off and then fly off. Oh. Was it blue? Yep, it was blue and yellow. This is, I think, the first time that the yellow transparent bricks were introduced. Uh, but it was blue and gray oh, with wow. with the yellow, and of course, it has the um, the planet with the spaceship circling around it. If you've watched any of our Lego videos on our YouTube channel, Major Spoilers video, I have a uh, a hockey jersey that this company made that has that Lego symbol on it, the space Lego symbol, and I love it. Yeah. I love that shirt and the nine two four transporter. I think that was the first one that I got, and that's why I I loved it so much, because then the others were kind of doled out over the course of the next year for whatever reason, mm-hmm. being good, doing a chore, birthday, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, your your uncle died, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, I would that's, just... That's depressing. I know, right? Uh, but I would just, I would build this thing up. I would play with it for a long time, then I would tear it apart, and because on the back of the, uh, if I remember correctly, on the back of the uh, instructions... They were like, here's some different configurations you could do with this. So I'd try to figure out what bricks I would use because they didn't have step-by-step stuff. It was basically, here's some other things you can build with this. And I'd try to build those right. and then I'd be done and I'd try to go back and follow all the instructions again and build it again. And it was it was a lot of fun. And that 924 transporter, I still have the original instructions. They are beat to heck, but I have yeah. that chip and I think it's fully complete. I need to go open uh, one of my boxes because I wanted to do a video of let's go back and look at one of my first Lego sets. And, uh, wow. I think it is still all together except for the two hinges on the back, the little hinge pieces, one of them broke and I had to replace them instead of the blue pieces. I had to replace them with the gray pieces, which means Aww. that the, um, the little down arrow sticker that were on those blue hinges are gone. 
but everything else uh. would still be complete. And I, the, the minifigures are still there. Uh, they've still got their little oxygen tanks and everything. They're, uh, are their symbols helmets on their, broken? Uh, some of them are, some of them are not. Uh, cause I went when, um, I guess the Lego movie came out. I, I found one of the figures and I was looking at a bunch of them at, at, at that time. And I was like, oh yeah, some of them are solid as a rock and others are, are broken. Uh, but, uh, the little chest, uh, symbols have rubbed off on a lot of them over the years and some of them, their faces have rubbed off over the years. So I've kind of got a doctor who, uh, you know, the spaceman suit episode, uh, guys <laughs> go in there. That's not terrifying but, at yeah, all. The, the transporter was my favorite. And if for people are wondering, I did not get the galaxy Explorer. I wanted the galaxy Explorer because it was a much bigger version of the transporter. Uh, and plus it came with base plates and a little uh, command center and all those kinds of things. Uh, for some reason, my parents just thought that that was too expensive and I already had a spaceship that was basically the same thing. So I didn't get that one, but the galaxy Explorer, I would always love to try to track one of those down and uh, pick one up, but I'm sure they're absurdly expensive. Uh, the cool thing is if you want to build your, even if you don't have the parts, cause one of the, um, ramp pieces on the front of the uh, ship had the, the symbol on it. And a lot of those have rubbed off, but, right. um, you can find instructions on how to build all of these sets online and, um, you know, make them up today. If you have the parts or a lot of times you can order the individual parts or parts similar to them, uh, today or modern versions of those. But yeah. what do you consider to be terribly expensive? Um, so typically a Lego brick runs about 10 cents a piece, right? Right. Uh, Many figures will run anywhere from 10 to $50, depending on what the figure is, how, you know, how hard it is to find what kind of condition it is. Um, right. some of these, I haven't looked lately to see what the Lego symbol, um, kind of like ramp piece is. I would imagine that one goes for about 20 bucks in really good condition. And that's maybe a little bit too expensive. So if you're looking at, if you're looking at and can get all the original, if you can, not original pieces, but if you can get all of the pieces, uh, today, um, a, you know, you can expect to pay about 10 cents per brick. So if you've got a 200 piece set, that's about 20 bucks is what you should be able to pay for it or should be able to get the bricks for. If you've got really hard pieces in there, some of those will shoot up 20, 30 bucks, uh, for yeah. a brick. You know, and right so, now I can uh, get you a Galaxy Explorer for one hundred and eighty-eight dollars. Is it in the box? Is it got all the instructions? Does it? You know, what kind of condition Actually, is it in? Actually, they they do have one complete in box with uh, instructions, pre-owned one seventy-nine ninety-nine. I can't really Oof. see any terrible wear on it. Yeah, but if it's been um, opened, it's oh yeah, it's there's missing. It's built. It, there's there's missing pieces. There have been parts that have been replaced on that. So it's built that's, though. It's right that's there. about you know for an old set like that to have it complete. That's about right. I've got a couple of sets over here that I'm wanting to put on eBay. That for some reason I have no desire to really build them. A bunch of uh, Hobbit stuff, and they can run you know a couple of hundred dollars over their original price. I've got some sets that I've sold for like ten times their original price. Uh, so Lego the sets themselves in in the box in good condition can run you a lot of money, but. I think maybe 180 is maybe a bit too much for the Galaxy Explorer. I, I would I would probably piece I'd, I'd easily pay half in of that. Box. I would in the pay box half of that. I'm not really I don't really care about the the box. I would want the instructions and the parts. That's all I need. That's mint in box. If you guys are ever in town, there's a, a place pretty close to where I live called Boba Khan. Oh yeah, and it is just a big big store full of. Uh, just all kinds of uh, old toys. 
vintage um, toy shop i am there yeah vintage vintage oh. toy shop and they keep growing but they're i don't know if they're opening other places they just keep eating more stores in the same mall that they're in <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, hey didn't this, this used to be a hair salon it's like now it's full of he-man <laughs> now it's he-man it out sometime all right everybody there you go our top five toys we had as a child I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got a, a, a look back, a trip down memory lane. Some of these things you can still buy, like Mattel's Electronic Football, like I said, Hobby Lobby, uh, has them just on the end aisle. Uh, it's like, here you go, retro toy. Go buy them now. It's like those Ataris with the, that the whole Atari is just inside the joystick now. And you just yep, put it right. in. You can get all that kind of stuff. It's all out there. If you just look hard enough, maybe on eBay. Just know where to look. Here's what we need to know. We need to know what your top five toys that you had as a child are or were, or maybe still are. Or uh, what are going to be. Or maybe going to be. Uh, head over to Majorspoilers.com. In the comments section for this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Um, go ahead and use the comment section. Fill it out. Share your top five toys you had as a child. We'll read them. Other people will read them. Why? Because everybody loves a list, and we will talk with you soon. This podcast is copyright 2018 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.